Hey, today we are breaking down and sort of confirming the phases that I like to talk about. And this book that I'm reading has been so transformed. Uh, it's just crazy. And I do talk about how I found this book and found, or the book found me. Um, that's, that, I don't know. We could like try to beat our intuition, but it always wins. So that this book is proof of that. Anyways, um, breaking down those phases and sort of talking through why it's important that we stop going back to bring people along with us. And really that's towards the end, but most of it is talking through these phases and better understanding like the human experience and why some of us climb and keep climbing and and move and make things happen and why some of us sort of stop short. And that has always been a topic of interest to me, the death of a dream. High is really about why people don't dream and why they do and what stopped me and maybe what stopped you or at least start prompting the question because we're all supposed to get to this higher level. We absolutely are. And... I want to figure out why we don't. These phases are a great thing. Me talking through the phases as I explain them in less psychology jargon um, <laughs> is wildly important because I don't just want to move everybody through this. I want them to understand it. And I know sometimes in the podcast, like I'm way deep in the work and it's probably a little hard to understand, but my goal is to break this down for the person I was three years ago and not have to go back and like go back and, and live through that to be able to go back, call on that experience and then continue moving forward in the direction that I'm headed and continue in the work. And that's why I love the podcast so much because I can continue moving forward in the work and people can start wherever they feel they are in the in their own work. And blessed be for this technology that exists because it's creating beautiful work that my heart feels so drawn to continue doing. So uh yeah, we're we're breaking down some some phases, some life stuff, and the reality that we all face. So Let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But this podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing, we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that 
from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes. I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three, and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world. However, that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey yo, how y'all doing? Uh, Let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. Remember, this is the daily practice of celebrating how amazing you are. We can't even help it. We become these like balls of beauty, (laughs) which is, oh, okay. We're not going to go there, but okay. Imagine us, okay, in a aura sense, in us projecting our own beauty and light. This is calling that into practice every single day. Hi, my name is Hannah, and I am amazing, and so are you. And in order to really fully embrace, accept, and swallow that, because some of this practice, you're going to go, I don't even know how to talk about myself. I don't even know what I would say if I was to say good things about myself. And that, my dear, is the problem. Those two things. We're not comfortable doing it. And we don't do it often enough to feel confident when we finally have to. Like, imagine sitting in a powwow instead of sitting in your car, wherever you are listening to this. And we're sitting in a circle. Would you be comfortable sitting in a group full of people and telling them something amazing that you did. No, and I almost promised that you would shy away, that you would certainly sign it off to mostly being a team effort, to really not being including of you, and therefore you would sign off your power to someone else and people, although they would recognize you for that greatness They may not recognize you fully, and therein lies the problem. And actually, there is statistical evidence that we aren't great at this. And (laughs) because of that, we're turned down for jobs more often than not. And I'm not going to continue standing for it. And I make this a daily part of our practice. I do this with all of the teams that I coach. I do this with all women that I coach, I don't actually coach any women, but if I did, I suppose we would do this. And in some sort of roundabout way, 
this podcast is coaching every day. So we do it every day. Sorry, not sorry, not going to apologize, not going to request less of you. This is going to push you outside of your comfort zone. And if we continue practicing it, eventually you'll believe it about yourself. And when you believe it about yourself and you allow yourself to fully feel your greatness, you will call more to you. And you'll be better at speaking to it when you're called on. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you have some sort of destiny with greatness. And so I need you to be ready when you're called upon. And so we're practicing it. That's it. End of story. I refuse to do anything else. I don't want to make it awkward. I just want to be like, what do you feel great about today? Go. Awkward pause. Awkward pause. What do you feel great about? What do you feel great about yesterday? What did you do? You, just you. Every day this week that you feel great about. And if you want extra bonus points that really count for nothing, but you could certainly tell people that you got bonus points for doing work, uh, according to this podcast you listen to, they're not going to know. Oh my gosh, what do those points mean? Well, um, I, I currently, because I've been practicing my great thing, I currently have 100 points for this month. And they would go, oh my gosh, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> right? But like, I don't know, then they go tell their friends, did you know that Sarah has like 100 points from this podcast that she listens to? She's really doing stuff. Wow. Right? And like the points are fictitious and they essentially mean nothing. But imagine <laughs> if you created your own currency. <laughs> All of a sudden, it means something. So keep a tally. Take your points, people. Knock it up. Do it. Make it fun. Okay, so my great thing is yesterday, right? Just yesterday, I told you. My daughter has been, like, doing the coffee grinder. And I'll I'll post this video on my uh, Instagram story today. <clears throat> I told you, like, my great thing is that we're putting her in positions where she's moving outside of her comfort zone and like, okay, I just want to put this in context for everybody. <sighs> this confidence thing was something that we needed. Like this eight-year-old of mine is like born to shine. I don't know how, um, in her words, when I asked her, because supposedly you can ask your children and I challenge you if you have children of your own. Supposedly they don't. If you ask them in their childhood what they were sent here to do, they remember. And so when I ask my eight-year-old what she was sent here to do, point blank, she just looked at me like it was the easiest question she's ever been asked. And like, if you asked me, I would have just like skated around the question for two hours, probably created... I don't know, three years worth of podcast episodes on it to figure it out. And I would have just like avoided the question altogether. And she just stared at me and she goes, to make people happy. And I was like, dang, how do you know that? And then she just like went right back to eating, I don't know, probably macaroni and cheese. But like, it didn't even face her. Anyways, <laughs> she is meant for the lights, whatever work she's going to do, whether that's dancing or, or sports or singing or 
or, you know, becoming a, a scientist. I don't know. Right. But like, she's, she's got to step into her greatness. And when she got a puppy, <laughs> she got a puppy, uh, let's see, probably about three or four years ago. And when she got it, we had wrapped it in a box, like a box with holes and they just had to pull the top off and the box was just wrapped. And so she pulled the lid off and everybody, you know, like the, the lights were, were all on her and everybody's recording because they want to get the reaction. And she like shied away. She started bawling. She didn't like the attention. She got really nervous about it. Now my uh, younger daughter, who was two at the time, <laughs> loved every second of it. But my eight-year-old like shied away, did not want to be in the lights, did not want the attention, so scared. And so, right, like we got to push that comfort zone. We got to, we got to get her out of that. And I think knowing, knowing your child makes a big difference. And so we knew that this was something she actually enjoyed. It just wasn't something she was comfortable with. Like she actually enjoys performing and being in front of people, but she just sort of had some stage fright that we needed to push her past. And so <laughs> I think we may have pushed too far is what I've now come to the conclusion of. But yesterday I got a video from one of the teachers at her school and they had a um, speaker come in to speak to the elementary students, to actually speak through, to speak to K through uh, 12th grade. And apparently when my daughter walked into the auditorium, the speaker was like, she didn't even know what he said, but he said, raise your hand. And so she just walked into the auditorium, raising her hand, having no idea what she was raising her hand for. And apparently she was raising her hand to dance. And when she walked in, he was like, you. And so she got to get up on stage in front of all of her peers, including all of the teaching staff, including <laughs> all of the students, and do the coffee grinder. Yeah, which I will post a video because you need to see what that is. You could probably you you could probably Google coffee grinder, but um, it's some sort of hip hop move. And there she is, just doing it, like not even questioning. Now she's done it. She, she did it at volleyball. She again did it uh, somewhere out. Like she just ready. She's ready to be in that light, ready to have that spotlight. And so like continuing to, to push and pursue that and give her opportunities to do that. And then like her to create her own opportunities to do that and know that she's ready. And huh. Lee Molly, I'm speechless. And when I got that video, I was just like, man, I just talked about that today. I am still going to be amazed by this. And it's that focus, right? What I say to them every night before they go to bed, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. And like, they know that. That is ingrained. And she knows somehow, I don't know, it's a little creepy, um, what she's put in this world to do. And part of making people happy 
is like being able to showcase your talents and have them all <laughs> be amazed by that, amazed by this little body being able to do this, by this this little ball of human who's confident enough to just walk up on that stage and how many of us could or would do that in front of a whole audience full of our peers right and i don't know i you know we're all just searching for confidence that we're doing the right things and i think in order to know and we we as parents try to be as specific as possible so that we know if we're getting the result that we want. And so this was one of those specific growth things that we were looking to push them towards, always looking to to challenge them and put them in the next challenge versus just letting them get comfortable where they are. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm amazed. I will post that to my story today because... <laughs> It's madness. I don't like we play football, we dance, we and I don't. She plays football and dances and plays volleyball and plays basketball and like just getting to experience all of those things is amazing. And getting to experience them with her and not be here as someone who's like, oh my gosh. Here, I deserve the spotlight because my child is so amazing and I'm so amazing. And so, like, give me a little bit of that love. I like just standing independently of her greatness and being the one to continue mentoring her growth, but not needing her to shine in order to feel better about myself. And that's like a really deep place to be in as a parent because... Even four years ago, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been something that came out of my mouth. And I know just in growth patterns of myself and my husband, he would he would have said the same thing. Like we would have been those parents who pushed our agendas to make dreams happen for them that didn't happen for us, and we would have been living through them and creating experiences that aligned with what we had hoped to get out of our lives, pushing them to sort of live those things out. And it, I don't think it would have ended well. And so here we are growing. Look at us. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your great thing. I do this as an example for you. You can literally use anything. Uh, really, the only requirements are that you own the greatness of that story. Uh, however you come full circle with that greatness, you own it. It's yours. We're not assigning it to someone else. Um, we can include other people, but the original assignment is ours. We are great. And then that you say it out loud or write it or have some sort of physical expression of this. Okay. So today I wanted to hit on this book that I have only been able, like, I can only read maybe two pages. My brain can't fully process this book. I don't recommend this book to people <clears throat> that aren't really highly invested in doing this work sort of professionally. Um, Cause like it, it's a lot to absorb 
And I've been taking so many important things, infusing this book and some of the ideologies that come from this book into my book as I'm continuing to expand um, on chapters that already existed and create more depth and research and background into what I'm saying. And so this book has been hugely helpful in that. And I find it interesting because mm, I, I went out. I said, okay, I'm going to write a book. I have done research. I've done about uh, probably 20 interviews with people on the subject matter of the death of their dream, of the phases that they experienced. I listened to their stories. I took notes. I asked questions. And then I was like, okay, I know what I need to know now. I know what I need to add into this first book. And so I'm going to go out and find the books that do that. And I probably bought one, two, three, four, five, six books. And I was, I, I sat at Barnes and Noble and I read the back of all the books and I was like, okay, yes, these are the books. These are going to be what we need. And <clears throat> yeah, um, so they weren't. <laughs> Or I haven't cracked them open, but I went to my very favorite bookstore, which is in um, Cedar Rapids, right across from Nubo Market, and it is called, oh, I have the bookmark right here. This is perfect. Um, Next Page Books, and it's an independent bookstore in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, if you want to go check it out. It's 1105 3rd Street Southeast. Um, yeah, in the historic New Bohemia in Cedar Rapids. So, um, I don't know. One day I just wandered in there. I know that it was when I was sort of on this deeper spiritual path and I had wandered in there and was just like looking, didn't really have a point in mind. And that was where I found Can't Even, which is a book written on millennial burnout and why that's happening. And this is not a book that I would have stumbled upon in Barnes and Noble, not a chance. And I found it, it spoke directly to what I was experiencing. It completely blew my mind and it was like perfection. And I wasn't even looking for it. And hi, that's sort of how intuition works. Like Hey, just guide me. You know what's best. You're going to take me somewhere. And I always just sort of end up wandering into this bookstore. I can't say that I've ever gone to Cedar Rapids like, I need to go to this bookstore because I need to be enlightened. I'm looking for this. And the last time that I wandered into that bookstore, I had just met a friend down in that district and we ended up just stopping in there. And lo and behold, here I find this book. And it was probably about two weeks after I had bought all the books that were supposed to align with my enlightenment and tra-la-la, this is the book. This was the exact book that I needed for the expansion of the first book for, I had kind of roundabout found kind of confirmation of the phases that I talk about. And then I read this. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from this book. But then I read this and I was like, oh, 
oh, we don't have to find a roundabout explanation of the phases. Here it is. And it was the most beautiful thing that I've ever read. I've continued to just read that paragraph over and over again. I may be, when opportunities present themselves, reading this expert to people that I'm in meetings with even. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but I still read it. And here we go. Okay. So this is on page... This is going to make you laugh. <laughs> if you know anything about uh, the universe. This is on page 222 of the book Flow. The Psychology of Optimal Experience. Okay. Are you ready? Reading directly from the book. Not everyone moves through the stages of this spiral of ascending complexity. A few never have the opportunity to go beyond the first step. When survival demands are so insistent that a person cannot devote much attention to anything else, he or she will not have enough psychic energy left to invest in the goals of the family or of the wider community. Self-interest alone will give meaning to life. The majority of people are probably in const comfortably in the second stage of development, where the welfare of the family or the company, the community, or the nation are the sources of meaning. Many fewer reach the third level of reflective individualism, and only a precious few emerge once again to forge a unity with universal values. So, so these stages do not necessarily reflect what does happen or what will happen. They characterize what can happen if a person is lucky and succeeds in controlling consciousness. And that's what we talked about yesterday. It's all about controlling consciousness. But what I've been expanding on, the chapter that I'm currently expanding on, and why this expert was so important, is like my books, this podcast, this entire movement of recovering from the death of your dreams is not for everyone. And before I come on air every day, I meditate on this thought alone. I am given the words that find the ears ready to receive. And I like to continue to make that a promise to myself because that's what's most important. Like, Growing this podcast to a million, growing this podcast to 100,000 million downloads, all of those things are cool, but they're a result of the continuation of the impact of the work, right? Like, we could just do this podcast and let it flow out there and, and really push it, but like, I want it to find the people that it connects with. I don't want it to find just anyone. Right? I want this work to be something that you can actively apply to your life in some way and create change. I want you to change yourself so you can change the world. And that's what I want this work to be. And so, like, we don't have to push it. We can just put it out there and let people energetically like revolve around this light like a, a moth and let it happen the way that it's supposed to happen. Like we can trust in that. It's okay. And so I think putting that out there, that's what I 
I like to stress the most because this is what's hard. You sort of get past, you get past the first level and then you have this urge to like go back and, and save everybody around you and the work is yours, right? The work is you, you continuing. And some people, that's what's going to be important, stopping and going back. And for others of you who revolve into that third level, who realize that it's deeper, that, that there's something else to do here, that there's a bigger call, that, that there's a, a bigger universe, and like, you'll just keep going. And the more important work will be the continuation of growing your light, the continuation of growing your work. And so what I, I'm on the chapter expanding right now is the chapter on, like, you can't skip ahead to level three because you, you want to <laughs> get past this discomfort. Like, you have to do the work at hand. And the work at hand really begins in that first level that he talks about in the book Flow. Survival. And then move into thriving and understanding how you contribute to the community, to the society. And then we can sort of step into this deeper understanding of, of how we impact the world, right? But like, in that first stage, like he said, self-interest alone will give meaning to life. Keeping yourself alive will be enough, will be too much some days. And so like this book, this movement can't be for everyone because some people are not going to be able to make it out of that. And some people are honestly committed to staying there. Right? Committed to struggling to thrive. Because that's all they know. That's all they've seen. That's all they want to see. And honestly, it's hard. You will not have enough psychic energy left to invest in the goals of the family or of the wider community. And that's okay. That's okay. And... Then, if we make it out of that first stage and into the second stage, which a lot of the people that are listening to this probably have fallen in there at some point, and if we make it out of there, that's just like we get how we do life. We are out of just our own self-interest and we can sort of evolve and contribute to the community at large, whatever community we decide that is. So whether that's just the United States, whether that's a church, whether that's our company, whatever, we can understand how we play into that. And so <laughs> I think that's why when I'm describing my phases, leaving limbo is so hard because that's sort of that movement into the third stage and the understanding that while we still contribute and 
find ourselves in community, we understand that it's it's just us, that our job is to grow us, understand ourselves, right? This individualism that he speaks about. And then that next level, which is the understanding of your own individualism, but how the universe and all of those things apply. And that's just it. Not everybody's going to get there. And so, and not everybody is meant to understand, right? Actually, I think everybody is actually meant to be able to get through all of these phases and find their own strength, but not everybody is going to want to, and that's okay. And that's why you got to move to that third stage and kind of leave everybody out of it. And go do you, find you, focus on you, understand you to the deepest core level. Who are you? What excites you? If you took everything away tomorrow, do you still exist? You absolutely do. I've been making recommendations to people that sound crazy, but they were sort of in a, in a burnout phase of life. And I said, Just do nothing. And they said, what? Uh, <clears throat> no, <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I know this about myself. I am a doer. And I said, yep, nope, I totally understand that. But the doing may be the issue. Who are you if you do nothing? Do you still exist? The next time we meet, can you answer that question? Do you still exist if you contribute nothing? And I sort of challenged that and said, like, the, we have, remember, when there are babies, they do absolutely nothing, right? They contribute nothing, and yet they're lights, right? They're this beautiful, untouched ball of, of beauty, and no matter what, we, we think they're the most amazing things. Do you think that about yourself? If you contribute nothing, if you answer no emails, if, if you don't take out the trash or you don't do the dishes, if you just sit there and exist, read, you don't read, you don't watch TV, you do nothing, absolutely nothing, you just sit in silence, do you still exist? Well, no, I couldn't do that. Well, see. It's more challenging than you think it would be. And that is sort of that main way to bridge that gap. You exist. You exist. And your ability to navigate through that is going to take you to these next stages. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us, me, it's just me, out on <laughs> all of our socials. I post every day a post with some inspirational 
I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, But you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams, and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day. Thank you.